Alright, so... <laughs> fucking Friendsgiving. Yeah. It was fantastic. We had so many people there. It was at Josh and Chandler's house. And <laughs> they were doing a lot of the cooking. They did the turkey. They did, um... Sausage balls. You're like, the other things that wasn't turkey. Other things. But the main... The last thing they wanted to do, let's say, was they wanted to do a sweet potato casserole, which, of course, you got the uh, marshmallows on top of that shit. Yeah. So what happened was, turkey came out, mm-hmm. turkey was ready to get, uh, to, to be cut, yeah. and Josh put in the uh, the sweet potato casserole right before mm-hmm. that. I already know the ending of this story, so I'm just waiting on disaster to strike at this point. <laughs> So, he sets the fucking oven on broil. Oh, this is a bad idea. I already know this is a bad idea. Because you have to get the, uh, you have to really bake the marshmallows really quickly on top of the casserole itself. Yeah. And after he puts it in, he comes out and he's like, all right, let's carve this fucking turkey. And we're all gathered around the fucking turkey for five minutes discussing how the fuck do you carve a turkey because none of us have ever done it before. As someone who has put anything underneath a broiler, I know that five minutes is too long, my dude. And Chandler goes over and she says, Josh, you can't just leave the oven on broil. It's on fire. (laughs) And and we all start laughing because it's like, oh... It started smoking or something, and it's fine. And then we saw the actual smoke. It's like, you guys are and all it, looking around like, we knew it was gonna fuck up at some point. But it happened, the other shoe just dropped, baby. And then we we looked over, we saw how much smoke there was, and we're like, oh shit. <laughs> and we opened up the oven, and all of the marshmallows have inflated to ten times their size, and they're just on fire. <laughs> And it's burning. And the smoke alarms are going off. The cats are running every direction. <laughs> and we don't know what to do because we ask, holy shit, get your fire extinguisher. We don't have one. No! Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time, it's time, it's time. For a load. And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS. That's right, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I am talking about he, the thriller, the lady killer. It is he, the beat, the L-A-K-E. It's Blake Tanner. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's Mr. Steel, yo girl, baby. (laughs) Oh, I'm gonna need you to introduce me again because I was busy calling you Mr. Steel, yo girl, and I don't think anybody heard it. That's good because you. It's the S, shitty boy Scotty. (laughs) Shitty Scotty, that's me. Da da da, shitty Scotty. Um, I am the shitty boy. So, have you seen the film 
uh, the hangover and where he is playing poker and all the symbols are coming in front of his face because his brain is doing a million things at once. It's super analytic and it's super focused. That's me. I've gained the power, Blake Tanner. I'm a shroom boy now. Okay, so you kind of told me about this earlier. Shroom and I'm boy! Ju- and I'm just... A- you, you're okay. You're not... The walls aren't crawling or anything, Shroom right? Shroom boy! <laughs> Are you sure it's not cocaine? Because that's what it sounds like. It's we Okay, so what it happened... People who listen to uh, me again already know this, but I bought Level Up Mushrooms, which is essentially some college kids who thought... Lion's Mane Mushroom is good for the brain. Why not call them Level Up Mushrooms and sell them like a Mario supplement? And it's that and, like, two other things. And they make you super focused and super strong and masculine and make you want to fuck the moon. And I got muscles and I do karate so good right now thanks to these good, good pills. They better fucking be sponsoring us right the fuck now. (laughs) Because there is... Are you reading an ad copy? Yes, the ad copy. It says, tell them how hard you want to fuck the moon on our good, good pills. And I'm like, you got it, guys! That's exactly what someone advertising a mushroom pill would say. It's weird, though, because I also... I'm on two things. Once it starts to fade away, I get a slight headache... Like, not a full on, it's almost like the headache is five miles away, but I can feel it. I can feel it coming, and I also get really tired. But when I'm on them, when I take the first one in the morning, I just kind of get a little bit focused, and I feel a little bit better. Second one in the afternoon gets super focused, and my brain gets amazing. Third one in the uh, at the nighttime is like taking pure adrenaline cocaine. <laughs> and I was let me put it you know that feeling when you walk on like one of the the side the sidewalk treadmills basically that help you get places faster and if you walk on it you feel like the flash. I felt like that today walking normally. I was like walking from one end of work to the other and I was like, I've gotta get there. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I Let me just look up these mushrooms real quick. Okay, are you going to... So it is Lion's Mane Mushroom, which is good for mental performance and rebuilding neurons and depression. I got it for depression and anxiety. But also, there's two other... One's called, like, Chaga, and the other is fucking something. I don't know what it is, but that one makes you fuck good, and the other gives you good karate energy. And I've got them coursing through my blood, Blake. I'm going crazy on these good, good pills. I am... I would never want to take anything away from you when you're feeling good, buddy. But I do not believe this at all right now. (laughs) I've got good fuck energy, Blake, from the mushrooms! Alright, let's see your fuck mushrooms. They're only $20 for a pack. Oh, are you looking up specifically Lion's Mane or the level up mushrooms? The level ups. Because I got the stack. In the stack, you can get a free 30-day trial. Not by going to levelupmushrooms.com slash a load of BS, but we need to get that soon. 
Uh-huh. But uh, you could get like a free. I'm. I have not paid for this. They just gave me the fucking karate energy for free. And if I'm into it, I can reorder it at the end of the month. And they don't. Char- I. I don't want this to sound like sponsorship because it's not. I'm just real hyphy about my good good energy I'm getting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So the is the. Uh, is the cordyceps the, like, stack? No, the, okay, no, 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 no. That's the third one. There's Chaga. There's <laughs> Chaga. There is Lion's Mane and Cordyceps. Cordyceps is the third one. That's the, um, I think that is the fuck one. There's a fuck one, a brain one, and a karate one. <laughs> Chaga is the karate one. Chaga is the cuff. We're just me. teaching people right now about mushrooms. Welcome to the mushroom episode of a load of BS. I mean, I love mushrooms, man. I mean, I got caught on a Jackpot game earlier this week because of mushrooms. Wh- wh- what? <laughs> Wait, what? So there's a Jackbox game that you have. <laughs> Like, everyone gets a challenge, and one person doesn't know what it is, and they have to fake like they know what the challenge was. So you either have to raise your hand, uh, hold up, like, a certain number of fingers or something. Yeah, yeah. If you're the faker, you just gotta fucking guess. Oh, and yeah, And yeah. then you see what the prompt was, and everybody has to guess who the faker was. I believe one time I played this game, and it was one of the hold up how many fingers, and I held up two, and the question was, how many fingers do you wipe with? And I was like, I had to, I was like, no guys, it's just the two, that's all you need. My friend BJ, who's only ever owned one car in his life, and we all know it, he held up six fingers when they got asked the question, how many cars have you owned? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the last one is a prompt where it asks all of the uh, safe people the same questions, and it asks the faker slightly different ones. The one that I got was, what is your second favorite topping on a pizza? And everyone else's, what's something you keep in your fridge all the time? And you said mushrooms. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to spend mushrooms? Look, before I like to trip, I just like them cold. <laughs> I like to get it, and I get to... I I will say, I looked up because it's not like the headaches are debilitating, but they're just really annoying. It's like a very weak man hitting me in the back of the head constantly. (laughs) And so I was looking up like, hey, how could I get the most out of these mushrooms? And the first thing I found was a guy who was like, you need to microdose with the real thing, bud. Microdose with mushrooms and take niacin. Your face is gonna get real flushed and you will not feel good, but it'll help the most. I'm like, I will take the headache, my dude, because I'm I'm riding this high constantly. That's a lot of, like, self-medication you're throwing in right there, man. Including micro-dosing something that I'm fairly sure is an illegal drug. Yes, it is. All the very interesting studies are being done with it. Yeah, okay, bud. We can't get serious on this. We just gotta talk about my... Very interesting studies, Scotty. Okay, okay. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Podcast. I'm your host, (laughs) uh, Joe Rogan. Hello, everyone. This is me, Joe Rogan. Joining me today is, um, 
Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name before this. They just brought me in. I just did an interview with Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Gaiman, and so I've not really been briefed on you yet. I'm Fred Mushroom. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay Fred Mushroom. How are you Mush- doing? You're, you're a real, uh, you're, you seem like a real Batman type. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm Elon Musk. Okay, oh, Elon, it's good to see you. How you doing, I really Elon? I hope you like my fucking truck, dude. It, um, yeah, dude, that, the truck... There were some issues with the truck. It was truck. so great, wasn't it? I mean, the, well, there was... You ever so- played a car game on the N64? <laughs> yeah, I did play them that. I fucking love those, man. Now, in those car games, do we they... We smoke some more weed. Do they also throw <laughs> giant metal balls at the windows, <laughs> causing them to break upon impact? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, Elon, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just your fucking truck is shit, dude. But have you tried mushrooms? <laughs> yeah, I tried one. That's how I made the truck, dude. <laughs> okay, so you were tripping on some mushrooms, and you just decided to make a good, good truck. That's yeah, the best truck. I saw all the angles for what they really were. I'm Elon Musk. Okay, well, Elon, it's very good. Thank you for coming on my show, the Joe Rogan Podcast. I am Joe Rogan. And, Hi. uh... Bye. <laughs> As we say at the end of each show, fucking bye! <laughs> bye, guys! I'd love if Joe Rogan ended each, each show with that type of fucking enthusiasm of like, <laughs> All right, guys, thanks! It's been my, It's been fun! Like, comment, and subscribe. I'm Joe Rogan. <laughs> so Blake this is not a show about mushrooms contrary to what many people believe if they listen to the beginning of this episode it's a show about creativity and my mushroom powers have given me the thought a very important thought and it's that this when this episode comes out we're all gonna be given to Hanks it's to Hanks giving Oh, okay, so that's great. So we both wanted to bring some Thanksgiving stuff, huh? Uh, I did want to talk about... Well, I don't know what you're thinking. I was talking about to Thanksgiving, the great, great holiday, all celebrating Tom Hanks. And I wanted... I feel like not many people remember the reason for the season. They just get together. They don't even put on a copy of Joe versus the Volcano, which is historically the most important part of to Thanksgiving. So I was thinking this week... We could Scotty, remind. I didn't know that you were part of the school that celebrated to Thanksgiving, which of course runs directly in opposition to Justin Longday. <laughs> no, no, no. To Thanksgiving is two weeks before. To Thanksgiving leads in. So you've got um, Cajun to Thanksgiving, and then Justin Longday. We don't really do a lot with Cajun until you know. It depends on the year. I thought I thought you celebrated Cajmas. No, 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 no. That's that's a completely different podcast, actually. <laughs> Shit. Wait, hold on. No, it's not Cajun. It's Goosebumps to the Holiday. That's what I celebrate in October. Then to Hank's Day. So let's get let's get where everybody cuts out their Jack Black o' lanterns. Fuck you! Oh, Jack Black o' lanterns is so good. But I wanted us to get together and remind people of the reason for the Tahang season and tell the story of the first ever Tahang's giving. So, okay. I'm, was it? 
I believe it was back in somewhere around 18, 1874, wasn't it? Where Tom Hanks... Yeah, the... Tom Hanks was a young man of 167. Well, no, 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 it was Tom Hanks the first. Not many people know that Tom Hanks is actually Tom Hanks the fifth. He is the long descendant of the first ever to Hanks, who landed in Boston back in 1864, is that what I said? He landed in Boston, yeah. and... I, I mean, I don't want to take over. You know what happens next. I mean, once he lands that boat, he landed it. He is the captain of the boat. But you know... Well, yeah, you... That's, that's when he um, became the first, like, mayor of Boston. Because they didn't have mayors until then. It was a lawless hellscape. Not many people understand that back then... Boston, you know how Georgia was a, a prison colony at first? Boston was a prison city. They just sent all of the shittiest people to Boston, and then, you know, it, it was lawless. People ran around, they shot with guns and killed each other until the first ever Tom Hanks landed. That was the name of the boat. The boat was the, the Tom, was Hanks. The Tom Hanks. Everybody on it was named Tom Hanks, too, but they didn't talk about that. Well, yeah, and then the big uh, Boston Tom Hanks party happened, and they actually killed most of the Tom Hanks. But then there was one Tom Hanks who taught them all about love and uh, energy and basically kind of became a dad to the city. And they were just like, man, let me tell you something. You are a mayor, you're a mayor important to this, uh, to this colony. And that was them because they didn't know how to pronounce major because they were all dumb prisoners. They're like, you're a real mayor. And then that's what he's like, okay. And then that's how he became the mayor of Boston. And I mean, I mean, I, I mean. <laughs> I thought this bit would have much more legs than it does, Blake. You just, you just, we're still in fucking Boston, man. We're just in Boston. Tom Hanks. He hasn't even made the cross-country trek yet. No, 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 no. Wait, hold on. So, wait, are you saying that he, he, he discovered California? Well, that was, um, actually Tom Hanks the second, second of his line, because as his father was uh, run out of Boston, or his family... Oh, hey, hold on. So the mayor thing was just like, yeah, you're a real mayor. And then he was like, I think we should get rid of guns. And they're like, absolutely fucking not, you're out. <laughs> and he, basically, that's um, he's like, hey, I think we should have some more tea again. Let's get some tea back in Boston. And this was a hundred years before they even reintroduced tea into Boston. It was illegal. It was straight up illegal. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we need less guns, more tea. And they're like, no, bud, no, no, bud. I like them guns. He's like, we could yeah. make squirt guns that shoot tea. No, no, that's no. not it. We want bullets in the guns. And so that's how they, that's when they murdered Tom Hanks the first. And oh. Tom Hanks the second, who was just a spry boy of 16, ran across the continental well, United States until he stopped in California. Well, hold on. <laughs> I see where you're going with this, but you're forgetting about the fact that Tom Hanks the first was murdered when Tom Hanks the second was just a baby, and there was a, a nice Some young. Some people contest that to this day. Historians don't really know. Yeah, there. Well, there was a nice young lady who was like the only person who supported Tom Hanks in his uh, opposition of guns and really supported the T. So they were all coming to get Tom Hanks the second. They were coming like full on get rid of the whole family i guess it was his mom now that i think about it the mom i, I was wondering what you're like <laughs> no, is it not his mom i guess it's his mom 
Uh, actually, oh, wait. Does this mean that all Tom Hanks reproduce asexually? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it was his mom, and his mom saw that they were coming, and she saw that he Tom Hanks II was the chosen one, put him in a bassinet, and ran to the Mississippi River. I don't know how close that is to Boston, but I'm assuming it's fairly close. It's very far. <laughs> and then they dropped him in the bassinet, in the, in the Mississippi, and he floated down the Mississippi until he got to Louisiana, where a coven of Mississippi vampires. Also, his his mother's name, Tammy Hanks. Tammy Hanks, yes, uh, another to Hanks, and really, most people say to Thanksgiving is actually for Tammy, not for Tom. But uh, once he received lived in the Mississippi, a group of uh, Mississippi vampires led by Paul Rudd, actual Paul Rudd. This is not a multiple generation thing that's just Paul Rudd. This is how the man never ages, as he's uh, secretly a Mississippi vampire. This Paul- was before Paul Rudd's coven went to war with Keanu Reeves' coven. Wasn't exactly. It? Yeah, yeah, it was about okay. the same time. Um, okay. And it was actually another situation where after that. Like, they're like, we will raise... My name is Paul Rudd, the Mississippi vampire, and I'm gonna raise this baby Hanks as my own. And then, as soon as he did, fucking Keanu Reeves' coven came and attacked, and he goes, well, guess not. Putting him back in the river, you go. Shoved the baby back in the river, and he just kept going. Well, that's when he put the uh, that's when he put the vampire magic on it and made the bassinet go back upriver. <laughs> and it's just a baby getting tossed up and down the river until eventually, at one point, it's almost like a game of keep away because well, in the middle of it was he was uh, he was fished out by a herd of roaming bison. Yes, I was and gonna he clung to their backs. Yeah, 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 he clung to their backs and were led back to uh, the tribe. I'm trying to think. Is a famous tribe native... called Quest, yeah. It, okay, there. We, it's just a tribe called Quest, I guess. I was trying to think of a famous Native American actor, but we're so shitty in America that it's like, we don't have none. There ain't none of them. We got a tribe called Quest, though. You got to say the whole thing. Takes them back uh, to... No, a... Choctaw, Cherokee, Chickasaw Creek are the ones in the <laughs> southeast, so... You know, you never learned that. I believe, aren't you quoting a fucking Brooks and Dunn song? What is that? <laughs> we learned it in, um... Okay. We learned it in elementary school, and I, I pardon pardon the usage of this phrase, but Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cherokee Creek, these are the Indians, and this is their beat. No. <laughs> that was how we learned this. Okay. Because I went to school in fucking nowhere, Alabama. I don't... That that took so much out of me, I genuinely felt like I was going to pass out for a minute. <laughs> that, like, I, I felt... The, and it might be the mushrooms, but a wash came over me of, like, you need to sit down because it's about to take out of you because Blake's weird shit. Okay, so he jumps out because at this point he's now a two-year-old boy. He's been passed up and down this river so many times. It's been years. And then he's taken... Uh, on the back of a herd of bison, and they lead them back to a tribe called Quest, where he is taken in by High Chief Brooksenden. And, and Brooksenden raises him under a tribe called Quest's um, style of funk and love. And that's how he grows up. He's like, oh, wait, I've been around war my entire life. I've never realized that funk, love, and country is really all you need. 
Is a tribe called Quest also vampires? No, 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 no. They're just a beautiful Native American tribe led by Brixenden. And, no, uh, that's not true. It's Brixenden. <laughs> and Brixenden, uh, once he reaches the age of 18, it's just like, my boy, once you reach the age of 18 in a tribe called Quest, it is important for you to go west. I didn't mean for that to be a sick rhyme, but it is. And you must go out and find your own way to Hanks. Because um, he had a letter attached to him that apparently the vampires never read. That was just like, my name is to Hanks. I will be the one to save America. Yep. He had it tattooed on his arm. And so then he is led by... Um, actual Sacagawea. I'm just not even going to try to come up with a, a goof for that. It's just Sacagawea. The whole time people thought it was um, Lewis and Clark, but it was just Tom Hanks. And they were like, they were like, it's unrealistic for one man to have done everything. It had to have been two people, but it was. It was just one man. It was Tom Hanks. And then he makes it was his... mostly Sacagawea at that point, though, let's be it, honest. It was Sacagawea. And Sacagawea leads him o- over the Colorado mountains. He lands in California, and he finds and founds Hollywood. Or Hollyweird, as he called it back then, because he had some fun sense of humor. He had a few different names he was playtesting. Hanksy Wood. Hanksy Woods was one. Um, mm-hmm. Tommyverse. T- t- Tom, into the Tommyverse. Um, Tom <laughs> Hanks's Good Good Movie City was one, which was weird because movies weren't even around back then, but he just had such an eye for it. And from mm-hmm. there, he was the one who really turned Hollywood into the booming metropolis it is now of film and cinema. He led everybody up. He, he was the one who discovered a young man by the name of Walter Disney. And he put Dis. I watched the Imagineering story on Disney+. Plus. It's all in there. They were like, when he was a young boy, Walt Disney was discovered by... An old, old man named Tom Hanks Jr. And Tom Hanks Jr. said, Go, my boy. Go and make your silly mouse films. I think the best thing, though, about his Tom Hanks Jr.'s character was as soon as he found out that, like, um, Walt Disney was such an anti-Semite, he's the one that iced him. It, it literally iced him. He is still cryogenically frozen. He's also now, uh, like... I guess he's a hundred years old at this point. He lived to be very, very old. He learned some shit with those vampires. He was really into... I mean, he he was... He literally... His experience with the vampires was... Ah, yes. You're back again. Come on. Ah, fuck. Keanu's here. Go up river. And that was it. That was his full experience with the vampires. But they did give him a vampire wand. And that's really something that he kept with him until his dying breath. Yeah, dude. How do you think... I mean, they changed some people into vampires with good, good bites. But what if it's a fucking baby? And they're like, I need this baby to be a baby forever. Give it the wand and strike it on the head three times and it becomes a vampire. (gasps) Oh my god. Oh my god, that's what happened! He got struck three times by the wand and became an immortal Tom Hanks baby! Okay, so Tom Hanks II is 
Tom Hanks. He is Perma Hanks. He is the Perma Hanks at this point. Which ages... is really good because I think you said he his dad originally arrived in 1867, which is way too late to found anything in California. Nah, bud. Nah, bud. You're wrong. Hollyweird was the one town that was the only thing left to be founded. And he did it. You, everyone else was like, "We're going searching for gold," and he's like, "I'm searching for my destiny." And that's when he got. He goes, "Destiny's pulling me towards the south," and then that's what takes him to Hollywood, where he founds Hollywood. Anyways, this is the reason for the season: is Tom mm-hmm. Hanks getting turned into a vampire by by fucking Paul Rudd, then riding a buffalo to Hollywood after meeting with Brooks and Dunn, and bud, what the fuck? The, apparently the mushrooms have given me good fuck karate energy, but have not given me good idea energy. It's one thing that it's not done yet. I don't I don't know where this went, but we went so off the rails that I don't know what history is anymore. I mean, it's what we just fucking said, Blake. Don't don't be ridiculous about this. It's exactly what we just talked about. I don't know. I'm feeling some dissonance. Like, I'm trying to think back to history that I learned and everything that really happened. I, I think I'm getting a nosebleed. <laughs> oh! I'm... I'm I'm trying to deal with this dissonance here between the Hanksiverse and our own world. Okay, there is one thing I did lie about. It was okay. not... Tom Hanks was not Lewis and Clark. Brooks and Dunn were Lewis and Clark. And Brooks and Dunn took that red dirt road all the way to California and forged the first ever interstate between their between their tribe, a tribe called Quest, and all the way to California and at the end there was a fork and everybody took the right and what was the great thing about Tom Hanks the vampire junior baby he took the road less trodden he went to California and he took the path to Hollywood and you know the rest of the story and that is why we give to Hanks this to Thanksgiving Thank God they know the rest of the story, because I fucking don't. I don't know it either, and I'm still getting some weird mushroom pass-out vibes, so Blake, I think we gotta go to the shill station, my dude. Ding, ding. (laughs) So Blake Tanner says, do you want to talk about Patreon while I go on this mushroom trip? All right, night, buddy. I'll see you in six Going hours. Going on a trip on my favorite mushroom trip. I'm so fucking high. Why don't you take that trip straight to patreon.com slash a load of BS, where you can come and support the BS. You could be a friend of the BS. You could be anybody up to and including a BS moon marine. Wait, hold on. I, did, I need to interject. I changed Patreon. I forgot to tell you. It's now oh. just everybody is a moon marine. If you donate $5 or more, you become a BS moon marine. And you get a shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. I'm a mom and dad, like Salty Frank. Like the podcast associates, anonymous and rubbish. And you know, you know all of the good things. At Patreon. Yeah, I'm just going to let you bask in that energy for a second there. Oh, bask in the shrooms. Oh, bask in the mushrooms. Uh, and also, you get access to exclusive shows. Not just show. 
used to be just you paid for this. But when 2020 rolls around, we're going to have sister shows for all the shows on the network. Fight Boys is going to have a monthly show. Opposite Attractions, me again. They're all going to have monthly shows at Patreon. Dot com slash a load of BS, including our monthly show. Blake, tell him about the monthly show. I'm going to go over here and just nap. Night, buddy. It's called You Paid For This, where every month, yeah, Scotty and bitch. I... Don't, don't do that. Every month, Scotty and I watch Fuck a yeah, we do! Horrible movie. It's Woo! usually really bad. Um, this month so far you have been spared because we were going to watch Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector again Get and we done! did but my audio fucked up so it's just what I think was the universe telling us to fucking stop so in lieu of that we're gonna just bud hey bud hey bud hey bud <laughs> But we're going to go ahead this month and we're going to celebrate Justin Long Day a little bit early. And and we're going to watch Heavyweights, the official movie of Justin Long Day. I love Jobin Long Day. Jobin Long Day. Best holiday. I'll let you go splash some water on your face. Mub rooms. Loved him, mub rooms. Oh, wait. I tell you. Wait, Blake. Like I found, I found a vampire wand. Uh-huh. It's a vampire wand. Wait for it. What? I'm cured. The vampire wand cured me from the mushrooms. They took me out of my system just to tell you about merch.aloadofpurebs.com, the website where you can go and get merch for all the BS network programs from a load of BS to me again to fun fiction fight boys. They all got merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. We got comfy ass shirts. We got posters. And hey, Black Friday's tomorrow, which means we're going to be releasing the BS. Yes, a bomber jackets. They're super comfy. Oh, also we got snapbacks, and I got like two of those coming in the mail, and I can't wait to see how they turned out. But I feel like, like I, I don't think I don't think the vampire ones helped me enough because I feel like there's one thing, one thing I'm missing in relation to merch.aloadofprbs.com. What could it be? It's the fact that we've got cups, bud. Oh yeah, the we we we've got. <laughs> Oh, oh no, Blake, is the vampire, did the vampire wand give you the mushroom energy and I took the Blake energy now? No, I took those, I took the other two hits from that vampire wand, so I'm like, like 66% there, boy. Okay. I'm almost immortal. I'm ready. I'm gonna live, outlive all of you, and I'm gonna do it in style with these fucking sippy cups we have. (laughs) They are insulated. (laughs) Wine glasses. <laughs> you can put whatever you want in them, honestly. We've got them for a load of BS. We've got them for Fight Boys. We've got them for every show, almost. Yeah, just about every show. I don't think Opposite Attractions has one because I couldn't find a, like a good design to put on it. One day, Blake Tanner woke up and he found the entire world wasn't there anymore. And Blake Tanner smiled because he wanted more than anything to try some of Scotty's Tennessee whiskey. And now without Scotty in the way, he could try it. And he took his BS Boozy Sippy Cup and he drove all the way to Scotty's home in Oxford and he grabbed that bottle of whiskey triumphantly, returning into the streets, screaming to the heavens, excited that he could finally drink that whiskey. 
And then a sound, <laughs> a loud sound occurred down the street as a building collapsed, and Blake jumped and dropped the whiskey bottle on the ground, shattering it into pieces. And no, he... there was time now! <laughs> there was so much time now! As he starts lapping it up from the ground like a dog. It's, it's quite bizarre. But not unnatural here. At merch.aloadofpurebs.com. The year was 1969. The U.S. was a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something. I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine, and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really. Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? Hop aboard and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this Deviant. So Blake Tanner, I tripped hard on mushrooms, and then, I, and then I woke up during the fucking merch merch spot. So I don't really know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what we've done. So I am not liable for anything that happened in my segment. Everything in my segment, I'm not liable for. So now, what are we going to talk about with your thing? Well, I think that now that Thanksgiving has officially ceased to exist. What? What's that? I don't Um, know. It was a holiday that some idiot tried to get started some time ago that it just never really took off. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound like it would be a fun piece of content for people at home to listen to at all. Yeah, it's like a a really bad goof that's got that one joke and it's done, Yeah, it's it's like those bad SNL skits where it's just like, okay, we get the joke, you don't have to keep going with it. It's like, oh, you're just gonna go, okay. So what I think is... We need to revamp actual Thanksgiving. Okay. Because I've, honestly, Scotty, I've I've got an idea. I want to start. I want to start. What if the whole thing is about Tom Hanks and it's called Thanksgiving? It would be great. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's follow this thread. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, before we do that, give me your idea first. It might be better. Okay, okay. okay I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, you never do that. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But really, though, when you think about Thanksgiving, you got the turkey and the coming together and the giving thanks or whatever and being a family and all that blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Yeah. What we need is a real giving of thanks to our corporate overlords by spending all of our money. I feel like you're just inventing Black Friday. I feel like that's that's your idea right now, is just what happens literally yes, the day and after. and I'm going to call it Blake Friday, okay? okay. 
Okay, you can't talk shit about me having a one-note joke for the first <laughs> segment and then be like, Blake Friday, guys, let's bring it out. Yep, that's not my that's not my pitch. I, I do like this idea, though, of revamping Thanksgiving. I feel like what we could do, I do want to keep a lot of the old Thanksgiving traditions, but what if we mash it up into just one thing? So Yeah, I think, although I think we need to kind of, like, spice them up, because... A lot of things have been, like, like turkey. Come on, guys. Turkey at Thanksgiving. Can I be honest? I I, I fucking hate turkey. I'm just going to be honest. I do not like the taste of turkey. I have Thanksgiving chicken every year, and it's just fried chicken. But my like, going back to how, my how idea. How does your family make their turkey, by the way? Bad. I mean, not they just, bake it? it. Yeah, of course they bake it. Well, that's the worst way to make a turkey. We don't have the fucking trabucket set up in the back with the turkey over a pot of boiling hot oil, and we slowly <laughs> lower it in. That's not my fucking fault, is it? <laughs> um, but no, I was gonna say, I like the turkey. Its shape is synonymous with Thanksgiving. What else is synonymous, synonymous with synonymous? Thanksgiving? Those mushrooms are back. Uh, my bud, football. I'm about to invent... Turkey football. And you fucking, when you juke it, not juke it, what's it called when they put the ball between their legs and give it to the guy behind them? Hiking. When you hike it, you also break off the drumsticks. Yeah. Did you you really not know what that was, or was that the bit? That was not a bit. (laughs) Dude, I almost called it juking. I almost said when you juke the turkey behind you. Oh no! This is how. This is the fresh. Kind of juke that turkey real hard. This is the fresh new way to carve the turkey. The first person has hands on both of the uh, the 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 arms, <laughs> the turkey arms, and then when they juke it behind them, they rip off the arms. Now they have that person behind them. Then takes a leg, wings it, holds on to the leg. The rest of the turkey breaks off, and each person just slowly carves off whatever piece they want from the turkey. And it is a true fight to see who gets what piece. Oh, so it's a family pylon to get that turkey. Uh-huh, and then, uh... This is Darwinism in action. I think you've solved Thanksgiving. Now, there is, um, one position, because in football we, of course, have quarterback, um, mid-carter, uh, we've got troublemaker, and we've got rogue, and I feel like those are all very good classes for football, but for this one we you do... You forgot fighter. There is paladin. fighter. <laughs> There's paladin. I do think there is one position that needs to be added for this one and it is uh knives boy and knives boy gets to come in at the end and just chop up the rest of the turkey and give it give it out to the sidelines so uh, like grandma who cannot get in to turkey football can get a piece of the turkey it's like here you go nan i just got a rib for you there's knives boy there's uh gravy child who runs with a gun filled with gravy and after you get your piece he shoots the gravy at you and you get to try to lap it up with your good good turkey bits now hold on i want to make a slight adjustment to this (laughs) okay instead of it just being a turkey that they have to hike Mm -hmm. let's just make it the southern favorite the turducken. Oh, so once the <laughs> once the turkey bits are exposed and ripped away, now you get to play the game again with the duck, and then you play it again with the chicken. Yeah, like you have three tiers. So you've got um, 
you know, of course, the most, uh, the most athletic and like the the middle ground. Let's say the people in their prime, they start with the turkey. Yeah. Then you go down to tur the duck, which Duckin, is the middle yeah. one. Yeah, you're down to the duckin now, not just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once you get to the duckin, you call in all the elderly, and they fucking fight. This is this <laughs> is the real meat of like the Thanksgiving Day football game. Yeah. Because they'll fight for that duck. And then the kids get the chicken, because that's, of course, what kids eat. Well, there are no rules. when, Like, when the kids and when the adults play, there are at least some semblance of rules. Like, Knives Boy has to stay in Knives Zone. And uh, Gravy Child. Gravy Child always actually stays on the roof of the house and has a Gatling gun filled with gravy. Gravy. Dur during the elderly section... No rules, just right. Fuck that, fuck that chicken, Grandpa. Like it is. As a, it it has purge rules. There, it is purge rules. Grandpa can scalp Grandma. He can take the wig off of her through knife use. Like he can destroy Grandma. You remember that one Thanksgiving where Grandpa just knifed Uncle Tommy in the back. <laughs> I remember that one time when Cousin Rick brought the poking stick, which is just a broom he sh he shoved a katana onto the end of. We don't know why. The katana's already long enough, but Grandpa Rick was like, no, I need more. I need more reach. Did you, did you mean to make it rhyme when you said Rick brought the stick? Rick brought the stick. No, that's a tribe called Quest's uh, latest album. Um, so, do we want to keep going with new traditions, or are we going to follow the vein of this rich comedy vein of nasty football, as I've dubbed it? Because once the turkey's gone, it is just a mush. A horrible mush. Well, I do think that um, after that, of course, is the cheese ball game. I'm happy you brought this up, because I want to do something similar, but not cheese ball. I want to do the tater ball, which is where you hide mashed potatoes like uh, Easter eggs throughout the house. You have to find them. Yeah. And you have to find them. And within each of that, you have to eat it. You can't just like rip it apart. You have to eat your tater ball. And within it is either a prize or maybe a piece. <laughs> it's just a baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a baked potato. No, no, no. It could be just fried ball, and throughout the house are little fried balls, and you don't know what's in them, but you get to have your own secret. This is, okay, no, no, no. We're assembling, essentially, a series of games for you to plate your dish. So the first one is to determine what meat you get. The second one is determining your side dish, because you go through the house and you just find these tiny fried balls, and you pick one, and that's your choice. You don't know what's in it. It could be mac and cheese, it could be mashed potatoes, it could be green beans, for all you know. But you put that on your plate, that is your side dish. <laughs> so, wait. Is there going to be a stealing rule now? Because everybody's going to have their own plates. Do they keep the plates with them as they hunt through the house? Or do they have to leave them somewhere that they hope is safe? Because what if you get back and you've got that good macaroni and cheese ball, and then Cousin Tommy's over there, and he sees you go away, look back for a minute, and he just grabs that ball right off your plate. No, 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 no. Thanksgiving, the dinner table is a safe zone. Once the food hits the dinner table, it is safe and cannot be stealed anymore. However, 
Up until that po- point, if t- Cousin Tommy sees you running with that mac and cheese ball in your hand, squeezing it so hard that he sees the mac come out and it's like, oh no, I know. If he tackles you to the ground and steals it before you reach the safe zone, he gets the mac and cheese ball. Oh, so that can bring in a whole deal or no deal energy where it's like, do I break open the ball now or do I wait to see what I get at the table? I have the fucking greatest mental image right now. And it is of Cousin Rick, <laughs> who looks like Hans Mole Man in my head, on the outskirts of the kitchen table holding out his poking stick and anyone who comes near just swiping at them until he sees what you have. And if it's something he doesn't want, he lets you pass. I am the gatekeeper. <laughs> I'm the gatekeeper. Get, give me that grits, Kyle. Kyle, give me the grits. Uh, okay, Grandpa Rick. I didn't want them anyway. Okay, so there's all that. Now, the third round is, of course, the dessert portion. Dessert. How do we want to mm-hmm. handle dessert? Is there perhaps a pie gun? Does, uh, oh, also, I will say, uh, Gravy Boy on the roof. After uh, the Tadurkin football is played, uh, the gun is then replaced with various drinks, and he shoots the drinks down, and you have to run outside and get your drink. So you gotta catch him. So, like, every few minutes, he's doing that. So you have to break up your time between hunting for those balls. Yeah, yeah. It's like every five minutes, they announce, like, hey... Uh, Gravy Boy now has, uh, Coke. He, if you want Coke, go outside with your, uh, shame bucket and let Cousin, let Gravy Boy shoot the Coke into your shame bucket. Which does sound like a sexual euphemism. <laughs> shoot that Coke into my shame bucket, baby! <laughs> Okay, so all that happens, and then finally we get to the dessert portion. I feel like I've been going hard in my ideas. I want you to be dessert boy. What do we do for dessert? Okay. So I think it's still got to be some kind of random contest. So let's play musical chairs with the desserts. Okay. So now this is the this is the sad part of the dessert round. You're going to have to... This is when Gravy Boy comes down from the roof, and he's the one that sets up all the desserts on a chair. And you have to go around in a circle, and once the music stops, you have to sit down in that chair. And that determines if you sit down in the chair with a dessert in it, because there's only one per round. Oh, okay. Then you get that dessert that you just sat your butt on. Oh, so it's not on the table in front, it's in the chair that you're sitting in. You have to sit on your dessert to get your dessert. I was gonna say something like, everyone gets a pie crust, and I don't know how the delivery... I don't want to use Gravy Boy again, because Gravy Boy's exhausted at this point. Um, Now, I will say, whoever Gravy Boy that year, whoever his mom is, has to work twice as hard, because she also has to make Gravy Boy's plate. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying. Can we do it in sort of a style of? Um... No, that idea just went away. Huh? I, I, okay, Goodbye. I was, I was gonna say, what if we have pie buckets, and everyone's blindfolded, and they walk up to a pie bucket, 
And there's like five in a row, and you don't know what kind of pie you're going to get. But you reach down your pie in there and just scoop out whatever ends or innards you want for your pie. And then you go sit at your table realizing what pie you've gotten. Why don't we just have a bake-off where everybody has to make their own desserts? Okay. What do you win if you win the bake-off, though? You actually get to eat the dessert. All, hold on, wait, what the fuck? That's as good as just sitting at being like, I made a pie at home, we don't have to do this this year. We don't have to do this, it's fine. Yeah. See, that's the thing, though. To get dessert at a Thanksgiving dinner now, you have to win. You oh. have to be the winner to get dessert. Only winners get dessert. <laughs> Only closers get coffee. <laughs> it could, oh, no, 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 no. It could be... This concept of whoever finishes their dish first gets to grab their pie crust and run to uh, run to the uh, the buckets that you cannot look inside. You have to blindfold yourself and reach inside, and only one per person is allowed inside the pie room, and they can reach inside the bucket, get whatever they want, and then leave the room, and you get whatever you want. Can it just be a double dare physical challenge? It is a. D- <laughs> If you win first, you get it. If you, yeah, it's a physical challenge. Whoever eats all their food first gets to start going up the aggro crag first. And there's just a rotating series of desserts. And as you get to the top, you just have to just be like, all right, I'm at the top. I have my selection of all the desserts. And as the people make their way up the aggro crag, which, of course, at the top of the aggro crag, your final opponent is Cousin Rick. (laughs) And he is swinging that stick around baby and you have to fight him off like american gladiators with your own poking stick and once you get past him you get your selection of any dessert you want yep and it's all right if you knock him off he's been he's been there for a long time someone needs to depose him (laughs) he's no no if you knock him down it's like the santa claus you become the new cousin rick and each year you have to have the poking stick exactly I've been doing this for 57 years Ah! (laughs) since I was the gravy boy. Oh, my God. That's such a lovely tale of the fact that the gravy boy one day just shoots Grandpa Rick, knocks him off the top. And that's when gravy boy knows he's become a man and he gets to go to the top and become new Grandpa Rick. (laughs) And they start calling him Rick. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you climb to the top of the aggro crag, and uh, as it goes on, the number of pie slices slowly dwindle, and eventually, like the last person gets to the top and is like, "Ah, fuck! It's fruit cake." And Sandra made the fruit cake this year. She's so shit at making fruit cake. Fuck, Sandra! Damn it, Sandra! Is this fruit cake from last year? I know it keeps, but come on. <laughs> Oh, man, so we we have done the, I think, probably the worst Thanksgiving special of any show ever. I don't think, I don't think any show, I mean, I consider that achievement. We could have done the best show ever, but that could get toppled easily, because people are always going to be coming for that crown. No one's going to be coming for the worst Thanksgiving show ever crown, so we will hold that title proudly for a very long time. I want to produce this fucking show now. <laughs> But Blake Tanner, you said it's Thanksgiving, so it is important to give thanks for what was awesome this week. 
Fucking self-care, my dude. Oh, yeah, because last night you were like, okay, we're done recording. I'm going to go try not to cry for an hour. Bye, bud. We had a really good recording session last night, and I needed that because it's been such a fucking... Oh, it's been a week. It's been a month, my This dude. show that you have been in, I know it was probably a great show, but it fucked you. It fucked you and put you in a weird fucking space for like three weeks, and I've had to deal with it on this end. Oh, I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Think about what I've been going through, okay? Uh, no, uh... Today, I did just, I just took a lot of time, because I took the entire week off work for my vacation. Oh, fuck, okay. So I'm, like, I did the, I decided this, like, two weeks ago, and I'm like, fuck it, I've got those days saved up. All Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's gonna be for the family, the rest of the week is gonna be for Blake. Does it not roll over? Do you not keep them for next year? Do you have to use them all up? Only keep a certain amount of my, like, I have, uh, ten... Days of paid vacation. Yeah. And I can only keep, like, a certain percentage of those. So if I still have, I think it's two left, those two will roll over. Okay. The rest won't. So that's for WrestleMania. (laughs) That is literally the only reason I asked that question was in the back of my head. I'm like, if this fucking selfish asshole took our WrestleMania time for himself this week, ooh, I was in a sad, sad show. Look at me. I get all of them back at the beginning of the year, plus if any rollover. Okay. <laughs> so today I just like, you know, I went to do my eye exam, which is not self-care, but it's fine. Got my hair did. I got myself shampooed. I went and got a massage. Oh. I just went and did the whole damn thing. It's where it's like everything just felt fine. Now, when you say you got a massage... My head goes to three different places. One, Blake has a lot of money lately. Maybe he went to a legit massage parlor. Two, maybe he went to fucking one of those haircutting places that have a massage gun that you can pay an extra $10 to use. Or three, he went to a Brookstone and sat in his chair alone for an hour. I wish all the Brookstones are closed now. Yeah. Um. But no, I, uh, I booked a massage at the uh, UAB Rec Center. Um, and, but I did, I did actually go to a place where they would shampoo my hair and do the good stuff, so. Oh, well, I didn't think that you just took a shower and were like, this is important, I need to keep this bit in. This is all right. But, yeah, it, it just gives you, it just makes you realize the importance of, like, going and taking a, a bit of time for yourself and just going to have all of the bullshit released. Yeah. I, I need another self-care day, but I will... Okay, what I'm... I've got two things. I am genuinely grateful for the good things these mushrooms are doing, but they do give me bad moments every once in a while, which leads me to be... Because, I mean, I'm grateful they give you, like, 30 days to be like, hey, is this good for you? Is this what you want or not? Does help? Because right now I am in a very weighing the situation because I'm like, I mean, when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it's real fucking weird bad. It's not even just like negative. It's bad in a weird way. But the other thing I'm grateful for is something I like to call kind of like bingeable self-care. And it is Netflix shows that are bingeable that 
don't give you anxiety. I am talking oh. the Queer Eyes. I am talking the Great British Bake Offs. I am talking the Marie Kondo show that I only watched two episodes of, but were real chill when I watched them. And the fourth one I'm going to add to that list I watched today, and it has nailed it. And I didn't think I would like Nailed It as much as I do, but holy shit, it's so good. It is, like, perfect for our brand of humor, where it's like, we're not trying to hurt you, but we will laugh if you fuck up majorly, which is all that show is about, is laughing at people when they fuck up, and then when they do anything minutely good, is instantly like, these people are amazing bakers. (laughs) Oh, uh, by the by, talking about that, I actually started watching the uh, the fourth season of Rick and Morty. Yeah, and I'm feeling it again. Okay, is it? But here's the thing: Rick and Morty is anxiety inducing for me because it is a very jaded show, and I cannot do jaded shows anymore. It is the only way that I could just like release all that nihilistic bullshit that I have oh. in me and be like, "Oh, this is how stupid it is." <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those kind of shows are just the best. Like, that's what I kick on in the mornings when I'm like, I don't have much to do when I'm just hanging out with Ripley. Time to watch more Queer Eye. Let's do it. And like, they did a season, a special season where they went to Japan. And I'm like, this is going to be weird because there are some odd cuts because you see (laughs) Japanese person speaking Japanese and then a cut. And then them go, ha, 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 that's great. And I'm like, oh, there was definitely a translation moment there. But I mean, like, the, it, as it goes on, it gets better the way they overlap it. And there's barely any interruption at all in the flow. So it's a really good show. Another show I would put under this category is uh, something that Griffin McElroy re- referred to as required uh, required hotel room viewing. And it consists of anything on the Travel Channel, on HGT. TV or Food Network, and my specific one I want to call out right now is diners, drive-ins, and fucking times, baby. Yeah, you <laughs> like, get that one. Oh man, like anytime I go anywhere in a hotel now, it's like gotta kick on that triple D and see what guys up to this week because oh. most of those other shows just don't have a host as charismatic and ridiculous as Guy Fieri. Because Guy, you could hand Guy a pile of shit, and you'd be like, I'd eat that on a flip-flop! This is great, baby! Fuck yeah! There was that time that we did just stay up at your house really fucking late and watch (laughs) all the compilations of diners, drive-ins, and dives bacon episodes. And that was not a YouTube thing. That was Guy at home being like, you know what next week's episode needs to be? I don't want to do much work. Let's do an hour of the best bacon that we've ever had on the fucking show. I'm like, guy, that's probably a lot. That's a that's a full season, my dude. Fuck me. But Blake Tanner, until next time, where could people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. I literally never post there. You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on Instagram. I sometimes post there. Yeah. And you can find me just doing this stupid show every week. There is a very bizarre form of whiplash I get when I see you post on social media. Because I'm used 
to this Blake. And then on social media, I will see shit just like, our cast and crew did such a lovely thing tonight. It was an amazing, beautiful display of power and emotion that I have not seen before. And I'm like, is this the same guy that I was making dumb, dumb gravy boy jokes with two hours ago? <laughs> that I just That's did. the fun thing about living a life. I get to have multiple, <laughs> multiple personalities. Multiple personality. I fucking uh, updated my uh, cover picture with a uh, a quote from a theater book that I really love, and it's just the most like that's some philosophical shit, my dude. Uh huh. Um, meanwhile, mine is just like my own shit. Like, look at it. <laughs> But of course, you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and go to your iTunes right now or Podchaser, wherever you listen to your podcast. Go to iTunes, look up Deviant, a space pirate story, and subscribe. The first episode is dropping December 7th. We've already got a trailer out. It probably played earlier in this episode, so you've already heard a little bit of it. And just subscribe. In fact, give it five stars. Don't even wait to listen to the damn show, because the episode's going to drop. It's going to be amazing. Blake is in it. I'm in it, obviously. I wrote the whole damn thing. Uh, a bunch of our friends are going to be in it. It's going to be an amazing audio drama. Ex- spectacular. And I want to make it as big as possible. And the only way that can happen is with you. So make sure to go to iTunes and subscribe to Deviant. Special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair. You can hear that off of their debut album from the beginning of this year, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. And remember to support this show, whether that be on Patreon or by picking up some merch. But most importantly, just go to Podchaser, iTunes, wherever the hell you're listening to this and leave us a review. Give us that five stars that you think we deserve. After this episode, maybe don't rate. Listen to some of the back catalog and then (laughs) rate and review. Because this is just like, they went hard on a Tom Hanks bit that went nowhere. Three stars. Instead, give us the rating you think that we deserve on iTunes and shoot us up those charts because once again we can't do it without y'all's help but of course until next time remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS except no substitutes and we will see you next week